0: Hey guys, it's Leah B. I wanted to come on today and discuss hip pain as it relates to knee pain uh, from a secondary service connection standpoint and VA disability. So just to start off, I'm Leah B. I am a former compensation and pension examiner, U.S. Army veteran, and physician assistant. So just to get into it real quick, let's talk about the hip. So there are lots of different medical conditions you can be service connected for in relation to the hip. It can be hip strain, hip arthritis, you could have femoral acetabular impingement syndrome, which we have done videos on in the past. FAI and impingement are super interesting disabilities. Go check that video out that I made a few months back if if you want more info on that. Uh, We also did a hip CMP video that might be helpful to you as well. But today I want to talk about hip pain as it relates to knee pain. So again, how can you be service-connected for hip pain? Well, you can either be service-connected on a primary or direct basis, which means you injured your hip on active duty or um, in the line of duty. If you were a National Guardsman or Reservist, you injured your hip while you were on a drill weekend, et cetera. You have a LOD or a line of duty that says, yes, it was in the line of duty. At any rate, it, it happened while you were in the line of duty. Okay. On a secondary basis, you can be connected for if if another service-connected condition, another already service-connected condition, has caused or worsened that um, disability, okay? So, in this example, we're going to talk about knees. If a veteran was service-connected for their knees and they then subsequently developed a hip condition, that can, in some instances, be service-connected, we're going to get into how. So let me just first off start out by saying I broke my foot a while back and when I broke my foot, I broke my left foot and when I was walking in a boot, I had a boot, you know, whether you're crutching around, you're using a boot or whatever, it doesn't even have to be a fracture. When you have a disability to one side, you can often offset to the other side, right? So my right hip started to bother me quite a bit because I was really weight bearing and putting a lot more of my weight on that side, okay? Okay. So I want to get into some of the literature that I use so that you guys can go look this up. You can ask your primary doctor, you can print off some of these articles, use them to try to help establish that, hit, that one hip secondary to the knee. Okay, now remember, not all cases are like this. So for example, if you broke your hip in a car accident, and you know it was related to that car accident, it's going to be very difficult to show that your knee caused that hip. Okay. Now, it's possible that if you broke your hip, you know, or if you had a hip injury prior to service or to a pre to another injury, but you can show that the knee worsened it beyond its natural progression or aggravated it. That's something that can be legit. Okay. But from a causation standpoint, remember you can have causation or aggravation to get something connected. From a causation standpoint, you got to show how the one thing caused the other thing. Okay. So the first um, first thing I want to talk about is the uh an article entitled effects of knee osteoarthritis in hip and ankle gait mechanics this is published in advances in orthopedics this article studied how knee osteoarthritis can affect the hip and ankle joints as the three joints operate as a kinetic chain while walking they did this by comparing hip and ankle joint mechanics between knee osteoarthritis and control groups and then investigated the effects of knee-gait mechanics on the hip and ankle joint. It goes on and on. I'm not going to read off the whole paragraph for you because you guys probably don't want to hear it, but you guys can definitely go take a look and and grab that article and and review it with your doctor and see if that will, will be helpful. Another article published in the National Center for Biotechnology and Information in 2011 showed that hip pain is, is significantly associated with chronic knee pain. Influence of hip on patients with patellofemoral pain syndrome published in Sports Health also is a good one to go take a look at. It discusses, uh, it, it examines PFPS or patellofemoral pain syndrome, and it emphasizes the fact that knee pain leads to alter, alterations in the gait mechanics of those affected with hip range of motion issues. Okay. So those are just a couple ones that I wanted to go over that kinetic chain. If you guys go do some research on the kinetic chain theory, it essentially says when one joint is affected, it can affect subsequent joints just because they're all connected to each other, right? Like that old song goes, the knee bones connected to the ankle bone or whatever it is. I should, I should get like a little, uh, a little song bite and play that every time I say it, cause I feel like I say it so much. Now let's talk about the ratings. So remember I'm not an accredited claims agent or a VSO or other legal professional. I'm a medical professional. I assist with things um, if, from the medical perspective and write opinions based on things I review in the files. If you want, if you have questions regarding the, how to file a claim or how to, Strategize your claim, you should probably look up an accredited legal representative. I have another video on that somewhere out out here um, in my channel about how to search the VA's database for accredited claims representatives. That can be super helpful. Okay, so for the hip, you can be rated for a few different things. You can be rated for osteoarthritis of the hip at 20 or 10%. Now, remember these are all subject to change, um, but there there should be a lot of notice if if those things are gonna change. And you can look these up in the 38 code of federal regulation. You can be rated for ankylosis, which is abnormal stiffening and immobility of the joint under a different code at 90%, 70% or 60%. You can be rated for limitation of motion um if you don't have that ankylosis if it's not completely stiff they can look at the different ranges of motion if you have a hip replacement you can be rated for up to a year from that i, I think that's pretty new too i think it used to be six months correct some of y'all may correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure it used to be six months and they just recently changed the joint replacements to a year and you can be rated up to 100% for that time period. Now, if you have other things that don't that aren't necessarily arthritis, they're going to they're going to find which code yours most resembles whether it's impingement syndrome, hip bursitis, uh, you know, di- different t- hip strain, whatever, and they're going to marry it into one of these codes. So, I hope this was helpful guys. Please drop some comments. Please check out those other hip videos. You should find them pretty helpful, especially that CMP exam one. And thanks for watching. Talk to you guys later.